<laughs> oh, that's an awful lot better. I just heard you blow your nose and I laughed. Did you? Yeah. That'll be, that'll be the intro. Probably. Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about immersive films again. It's the Guys on Film podcast. What do you call an R&B singer in cyberspace? Don't know. VR Kelly. What do you think to that? Good. I made it up myself. Are you green lighting it or shitting um, it in the bin? Uh, I'm going to shit that in the oh, bin. Okay. I d- you did get a little bit of a laugh in the end there, but um, no. Okay. No, that's going in the bin. What What would that experience be like? VR Kelly. What would that experience be like? I think inside a closet. Inside a closet, yeah, just dark. Yeah, that that actually that might make quite a good VR experience. R Kelly inside R Kelly's closet. Yeah, VR Kelly's trapped in the closet VR edition. Okay, what are we going to chat about on this episode? We've got an interview. Wow, with a person. <laughs> wow, wow. There's just the placeholder wows for the for the real deal. Wow. Uh, so we've got an interview with a real person, and that's that's coming up. And it's not in VR. No, it's in podcast form. It's in normal uh, MP3 playback style okay. audio experience. And who's that person, Ollie? That is uh, Infinite Pixel mastermind alex harvey so he he just knows about all things vr he's very good at it and i'm sure i'm sure he'll have some pretty interesting insights into where uh, vr and all these new emergent technologies might take cinema in the future so i look forward to hearing his mind mind here yeah exactly Okay, and then besides that, we've got our special report. It's a roving report from Ian Smith, that's me, and Pete Cater, who's not here to say that's him. Yeah, so uh, we went to the cinema, we saw a 4DX film, we'll be reporting back on uh, our notes on 4DX cinema and whether it's good or bad, and also have a quick review of uh, Rampage Okay. decide whether that was a good film. Or a bad film. Or a bad film. Cool. I think that covers it. Yeah, well, enjoy the next segment. (laughs) Great. Yep. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. Okay, so uh, as I said at the start of the podcast, this first um, piece of the uh, 4DX experience is... uh, Pete Cater and I going off to the cinema together to watch Rampage. A little bit of context for this. We met for a lovely vegan meal before we went to the cinema. Um, And then as we walked from the restaurant to the cinema, Pete Cater decided to have a second meal on (laughs) on the way because he had a packed lunch that he hadn't eaten. So he just ate that on the street. And he actually demanded that I record the interview with him as he ate. But I chose not to do that for the purposes of everyone's listening pleasure yeah just to set the scene a little bit more that's him with two bellies full of dinner <laughs> and he's a he's about to get on a hydraulic seat and then moving around <laughs> and uh we got to the front door and the guy was like um is he pregnant? he was just <laughs> uh no he didn't ask that but um he did say have you guys eaten recently and we we're like um yeah. he said, have i oh i don't don't know if that's going to be okay <laughs> and it was a little bit of a standoff for a minute where it's like what no one told us not to eat before we came along and we were like i'm sure we'll be okay i'm sure we'll be okay and he just allowed us in so right. i don't really know why he was stopping us anyway and then we get in and there was a bit of a ticket issue when we got to the desk i was asking the guy look what's what's our seats we don't have printed tickets i've just got this thing on my phone the guy's like look it should be on that and i'm like no it's not Basically, what it boils down to is I didn't know how to read the ticket. <laughs> there was a fundamental reading error. It was Yeah, it was, and it was all on me. But what made it all a lot harder is that when I was trying to find out what seats we were in, Pete just kept saying to me and the man behind the desk, well, it's 3D, isn't it? <laughs> it's 3D. <laughs> or is it 4D? Is it 3D and 4D? <laughs> did you get any recordings of I, this? Unfortunately not. <laughs> But the guy did get quite annoyed. What? Uh, annoyed by us. And I was getting ever more annoyed because I just wanted to know what seats we were in and Pete wouldn't shut the f*** up. I mean, to be fair, uh, so it, anyway. doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to get you angry. Yeah. yeah. 
So anyway, we headed in and we had our 4DX experience. So here's part one. Roll VT or AT. <laughs> um, should we talk about Rampage first? Are you recording this? I think so. Yes, it says right. recording. So um, we're here in London's very busy, stressful West End, Leicester Square, at the Cineworld, which has taken over the beautiful old Empire Cinema and made it into an LED lights horror. How are you feeling about this right now, Pete? I'm a little overwhelmed. Can you tell me what smell that feel would feel like? Yeah, well, it's quite straightforward. It's a, it's a yellow smell, so okay. it's a straight-up yellow smell. Okay, so we're here for the 4DX uh, cinema experience. Mm. What are you expecting from immersive cinema? I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm hoping that all four of my senses are, um, are pleased okay. and nurtured and... Um, Titivated. Now, I think it'd be good for us to go and point at the sensors on the big thing over there and you can talk us through what each of those are. Yeah. Because um, you had us standing next to the Avengers poster and that's actually not what we're here to see. We're here to see Rampage. Uh, no, it changed because it's an LED screen. Sure it did, yeah. Technical difficulties or something, yeah. It's an LED screen, not a poster, Ian. Okay. Fine. So, uh, the tagline is, feel thrilled in your seat. Which, uh, which, I mean, that's, that'll be my decision, not theirs. Okay. So they've got, uh, these are not sensors so much as things. So there's snow. What do you reckon, do you think Rampage has got any snow in it? Um, I think there'll be a fair amount of snow. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the poster, um, and I think probably around Act 4. Okay. There'll be snow. Act 4. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from the poster. It's a, it's a, it's a, bru it's a blue smell. What so. about water? Yeah. How will that smell? I think um, I think that will smell brown. <laughs> uh, wind? Yes. Okay. I, I plan on having. Having wind? Yes. Yeah. We've just eaten, so that will. They don't even have to provide it. No. They should be paying us. No. And then now. Scent. Scent. Well, I think this will look like <laughs> uh, popcorn smell. <laughs> Uh, light. I, I mean, that's what's on the screen, isn't I, it? I think, realistically, that's all there is it's when you go to the cinema, isn't it? But what, like before this audio? moment. Is that a kind of light? Audio? Well, audio is, is always been accepted as part of the electromagnetic spectrum and very much light or microwaves. So you say what's sure. about the to happen out. will be on the spectrum? Ev everything will it's be on light. a spectrum. Yeah. What about motion? You're going to move the seats around. How are you feeling about that? Um, I want, what I want to know, really, is I want to know whether who's doing all of this and why. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Okay, well, I think it's a capitalist uh, no, but who? venture. Who's behind it? And I, I, and I don't... Probably I don't, Big Dwayne, The Rock. Do you think he's the one who's winding and motioning and lighting in my face and putting water and snow and scents? Yes, sense and not for the first time. The smell of rock. Okay, so I've got a couple of questions for you about this immersive cinema experience. Um, what usually makes you feel good? Uh, probably can't go through that on the podcast. Fine. Uh, immersive cinema, can it change the world? I think it already has. And I think I'm living proof of that. I agree. I'm because only here because you suggested we come here and it's going to be a bloody ordeal. Um, so the tagline for this was feel sitting in your seat. Yeah. Um, fine. Rampage's tagline is big meets bigger. What do you think that means? What big means bigger? Meets bigger. Big meets so, bigger. I think... I, I think uh, you know, and people can write in about this, but I think it's where something big will probably, it's going to meet uh -huh. something that is essentially bigger. But how will that feel? Oh, that'll feel, that'll feel... Brown? No. no. Yellow? No. Puce? Okay, that does make sense. The official synopsis! When three different animals become infected with a dangerous pathogen, 
A primatologist and a geneticist team up to stop them from destroying Chicago. Do you think that this is the synopsis for 4DX Cinema or the film Rampage? Sounds like a Jurassic Park ripoff. That's what we're about to see. JP4. Um, what role do you think smell is actually going to play in Rampage? I think there'll be a point. Uh, so, Can you hurry this up? I'm going to close my eyes for a second. There'll be a point where a kettle is boiled and you'll feel the hot breath on your face and the cool smell of buttered toast. <laughs> the will cool <laughs> smell. <laughs> the cool smell of buttered toast. What's the temperature of this smell? Well, Ian, you're being, you're being very silly now. They couldn't put hot smells in there for the safety, health and safety <laughs> of your average day-to-day smeller. Okay, this is a pivotal question now. Right. What don't you want to feel during this presentation? Um, I think the thing I, I most of all don't want to feel is the the aching loss of humanity. That's fair. I think that could be a big part of this. Um, can I just ask you just generally, how do you how do you pronounce this word? Biopic. Biopic? Yes. Not biopic. No. Ah! Um, what do you think the best smell in the Jungle Book would be? I think it's probably the uh, smell of Shere Khan's inside thigh. Shere Khan's inside thigh? Inside thigh. Shere Khan. Me. Okay, well that's all for now. We're going to find out what you thought of it later on. Is that okay? Nah. Fine. We're going in. Quick note, we've got in. we found our seats. Uh, the advert is not in 4DX. And... There's no seatbelt. And also, I'm, I, um, I'm, I find myself in possession of one extra sense. So uh, I feel like I've got one over on them. The console does allow us to turn water on and off. Which is interesting. So thank, thanks Ian and Pete for that roving report. Yeah, I mean, I should have said that. That's, my, that's on my script, Ian. Cool. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, well, that was uh, really interesting. Have you actually listened to it, Alan? No. Yeah. I, I mean, I will. I want to I wanna listen to it when the listeners listen to it. So after you've edited it? Yeah, I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, after that, you'll have heard that we went to make a complaint. And, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, the film wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about the film in a minute, but basically at the quietest point when Dwayne Johnson and uh, I can't remember the name of the actress, but they were having a chat on the plane and it's the quietest moment. But there's this, we had this idea that this that it was a big aircraft, uh, sort of like a military aircraft thing that was all hollow inside. So there was this sort of sound like a sort of rattling of uh, chains. Yeah. And I thought, well, that must just be loose cargo. It's all kind of echoing around inside yeah. the inside the aircraft, and it just kept going on. And you could kind of barely hear the dialogue. And I was like, this has been a bad audio edit. This is mm-hmm. a bit of a nightmare. That scene ended and went into a completely different scene, and the noise continued, and we realised it was drilling next door. Oh, for God's sake! And um, anyway, it only went for like a, kind of another two minutes or so, but it was very annoying. Okay. So afterwards, we went to make a complaint, to which Pete texts me later on in the evening saying, I think you're my least favourite complainer, because um, he thought I'd done a shit job. What's your instant reaction to uh, the film? It was, it was less of a film than more of a film simu- simulation. <laughs> it's almost like being in a real cinema. <laughs> But with someone blowing at the back of your ears. That new new car smell. (laughs) New car smell. And uh, the toddler trapped inside the seat occasionally giving you a kick. I actually really like the film. Yes. I hate those kinds of films. Um, Action nonsense. Okay. Uh, We need to go to the desk and complain about the drilling. Okay. I think the main desk down the front, isn't it? that's probably my favourite action film in a long time. Wow. I think I loved it. Wow. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, well, two hours of clean Yeah. I mean, come on. That's what it's all about, eh? 
Whilst we wait to complain about the drilling that happened, I've got a few questions for you. Sure. Just going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, what was your best smell during the film? It was the new carpet. Yeah, there, it, was, no there was no smell. other smell. So I feel like one of the one of my D's. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. robbed of one of my D's. It was more like three D eggs. If only it did smell like eggs. But at least you could say they'd put the effort in. So what was your best sight? Um, what was I the best visual? I think it was the first five minutes, I think, where um, you're floating through the space. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. And then uh, I liked when the woman was eaten. Yeah, that was... So, actually, I'm... I mean, it's quite a bad effect, but I loved that bit because it was so bad. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. Handbag flying through the air. Okay, I'm just going to listen to Peter make a complaint in a moment. I'd rather um, not be recorded for making a complaint. Okay. So I'll definitely record. <laughs> what was the best sound? The best sound was uh, the drilling. <laughs> the drilling. <laughs> yeah, we experienced drilling whilst the screening was happening, which ruined a part of the film. Quietest the quietest moment in the film was ruined by drilling. We thought it was the sound of a plane, and then it carried on into the next scene. Uh, what was the best feel? I think it was the um, the erratic wind blowing in my left and right ear yeah. for no apparent reason and no apparent effect. Yeah, but I do definitely think that the my medium is the future. Yeah, I think, I think it's good. It just needs some fine tuning. I would have much preferred to have. Um, like just been on a one-hour flight sim or yeah. trek through the Amazon. My favourite feeling was sort of trepidation as you went off to try and find out about this drilling. And I'm feeling it again now as you're ready to lodge a complaint. Last question. Did you smell what the rock was cooking? I, I can if he was cooking new carpet. <laughs> carpet adhesive and vinyl. Lovely. That was that. I hope people enjoyed the insightfulness of that report. What did you think of Rampage then? You've seen it. I thought it was okay. It took too long to really get going, I thought. I liked the the bond between The Rock and George, the albino ape. I thought that was that was really cool. Dwayne the Bond Johnson. Yeah, Dwayne the Bond Johnson's relationship with the the with George, the Albino ape was was good. I, I like I relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that was cool. The, you know the sign language, and I, I I definitely felt like there was a good connection there, and I felt like I wanted George to live. And then when it comes to the bit at the end where they're fighting side by side, that felt like yes. That felt pretty good for you. I mean, I don't know how you do this, but I didn't really rate the baddies. I thought they were a bit okay. they were a bit too hammy and maybe just maybe the film took itself a bit too seriously and I probably would have liked it to have Really? What? Yeah. Okay. Because they've they've just grounded it in like loads of reality. <laughs> Sounds weird, but um in in the games <laughs> the people turn into these monsters but they're actually just kind of like a big wolf and a big crocodile. Uh, and I feel like they've really tried to ground the film in in reality um and i think like just the the daft bad guys as well didn't really sort of do it for me and also who's the guy that plays negan in the walking dead the walking dead yeah. i forget the actor's name uh, he was but, just um, he was a bit scenery chewing as well yeah i mean i thought he was all right yeah i mean when it when it um, got going with the action when the action was happening fine yeah. And I liked the initial setup, but overall I just thought it was okay. Okay. No. Can I shock you, Ollie? Okay. I actually thought it was probably one of the better action films I've seen in the past few years. Okay. Wow. I think I said that in the in the report. Right. I really liked it. Wow. Just because I when you said they've tried to kind of ground it in too much reality. <laughs> um I was kinda of laughing because I I think they uh I think it's too ridiculous to think that way. Okay. Well, I mean, I did think that way, but... Right, okay. You just hate reality. <laughs> yeah. Want it all to be fantasy from start to end. Um, I thought it was over-the-top, fun, good. Uh, I usually don't really go with the flow with these types of films, but I think The Rock helped a yeah, lot. Yeah, sure. Um, usually I'm picking holes in why the reality doesn't make sense, but I felt it was daft enough to not care about that kind of detail i think overall uh, when i left i didn't i had enjoyed it i and there was a load of scenes that i thought were great like the the fights between the monsters were especially good 
Um, you know, they they were pretty brutal, and, and like the the actual finishing killer move was great as well. But it just, I I just thought it just took a little bit too long to really get to what you wanted to see, which was monsters attacking a city. Once it got there, once it got to that point, loved it. But up until that point, I just thought it it, it just took a little bit too long to get there. And then the 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 baddies weren't interesting, and there was just. They they were a bit forgettable and a bit maybe nondescript. I feel like um, the baddies when they got their comeuppance, I was quite happy about it. So that I think they did most of their job. Okay. Um, especially when the female baddie gets eaten by the thing in midair, it's sort of like a, a shot. You could compare that shot to the one from uh, a Jurassic World. Yeah. Where the thing jumps out of the water and snaps. But I just thought the handbag flying through the air was a Nice touch. Extra touch. And didn't um, didn't uh, your man the the bad man? Didn't he get squashed by something as well? Yeah, he walked out a door and just got crushed. That was good. Seating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was plenty yeah, of good. There good. was there was plenty of good bits in it, but it could have just moved a little bit quicker. The one there was one bit in the action that I didn't really love, which is when they're on a plane. They kind of. You know the mummy had that plane sequence yeah, flying yeah. about inside a plane. Almost the same Felt sequence. Kind of like a yeah, similar sort of sequence to that. But then there's a bit where I can't remember exactly how it happens, but there was a bit where something that the rock was trying desperately to do for ages kind of ultimately seemed pointless because he still hadn't <laughs> gotten out of the plane yet. No. <laughs> like um Put like let something fly, fly back onto the ape. And really, that just made the ape more angry and right. a little bit further away from a parachute. Okay. So it's like, what? what? Uh, but apart from that, I liked all the action. Okay. Uh, I was up for this in general, mate. Okay. And I feel like uh, some of the, there were definitely bits where if I rewatched this, there were definitely bits inside the sort of military control room where people said things about like backup plans and sort of nonsense like that, that I think I could quote. I mean, right now I can't. Yeah. But I think on a rewatch, there will be things that are said there that are stupid enough that people will want to quote them in future. Okay, well, I'll hold you to that. Okay. Cool. Should we move on? Yeah. Okay, so uh, with that all out of the way, I think it's time to go to our human interview with Alex Harvey from Infinite Pixel and have a... Human. And have a think, a think-learn about what might be coming in the, in the future... With regards to uh, VR in in the movies, get ready. It's about to begin. Well, that's that twat from the Odeon, isn't it? I hate him. Yeah, yeah, I hate him. Right. Anyway, he's in the Kingsman, isn't he? Anyway, it's about to begin. I'm here with Alex Harvey, who is the uh, creative director. I like to say of Infinite Pixel. Of Infinite Pixel and River Reality and Virtual Reality. Okay. So tell me a bit about what that is and, and sort of how you got into it. The background is I was doing the best job ever I've ever done, which was Codemasters. Wow. And that was always, you know, my most memorable and enjoyable job I've ever done. Started in QA, yep. testing, testing games, went to America, went to Holland, loved testing. And then I went into video editing and started doing their trailers for... F1 grid uh, for the TV, cinema and stuff like that. And I probably was in video editing for maybe four years-ish. Yeah. And then left in 2015, started Infinite Pixel, doing drone, flying drones, making video productions for Finding Country home, Homes, um, doing drone work for BBC, ITV, AO.com and lots of online videos. Um, and then about a year ago, started heavily doing 360 video, so VR stuff. And we went, sort of the biggest one last year was out to the cruise ships for Thompson Holidays, now TUI, to show what it's like to be on one of their cruise ships. So we did one in Barbados, one in Spain, um, with voiceover, music, and then we did two of their aeroplanes, 787, 737, and showed the extra legroom. And now those are, they're out in the holiday shops, four holiday shops being tested by the guys. And then in June, we go and speak at, VR World in London to accelerate about the Thompson thing um, on stage chatting with a little demo area so everyone can come and have a go so that'll be more exposure and hopefully they roll it out more um, they've got it over in Germany at the moment in some of the shops 
answer in the UK. So that just started us in the sort of 360 world. And then at the same sort of time, we started River, which is pure virtual reality. Yeah. Room scale virtual reality, but also photorealistic. So I always say to people, a lot of people create virtual reality environments. But when you put the headset on, I feel like I'm in The Simpsons. Like I feel like I'm in a cartoon. Mm -hmm. And my thing's always been, if I'm doing video, it's always real. Everything's real. And I had this real weird feeling when I put a headset on that it was just a game. I just couldn't relate to it being okay. a game. Yeah. So but what was what was your very first like VR experience <clears throat> in your life? Yeah, so we got a Gear VR, which is just a Samsung phone. Yeah. One on the table there. Okay. Samsung phone, Gear VR headset, stuck it on and was literally in their menu screen. It's like yeah. being in Microsoft or Sony PlayStation <laughs> yeah. home screen. Okay. But you control it with your head. So your right. mouse okay. pointer in your headset is your wherever your gaze is looking and that was the first experience and I had a go on an app called Within it's done by Chris Milk multiple different experiences in there crazy stuff like being hit by a train coming towards you being inside a womb with a baby all very weird stuff but totally my mind was blown just experiences experiences you can't have in the you've never been able to have up until this point okay there's never been the time when it's almost, I say almost, because the, the last medium might be brain chip, but <laughs> okay. the, it's almost the last medium. Because you've always, throughout time, had to suspend disbelief when you're watching TV or radios or watching a presentation by someone. Yeah. So just throughout history, you would sit in a room and watch someone telling you their story of what happened at an event, and you've got to interpret that and then come yeah. up with your own view of it. Then there was radio, then there was video, then there was TV and film and all these different mediums, Uh plays, and all of them require you to suspend disbelief and you've got to try and go, okay, I've got to interpret that to my own sort of reality. Now, you don't have to. You can put a headset on Mm -hmm. and you can feel like you're in that place. Okay. That's the bit that got me straight away. Right. Like, shit, this is totally different. Yeah. This is like, you can feel what it's like to be me or I can feel what it's like to be you. So after that, it was like, well, 360 is like the gateway to it all, 360 video, but yeah. room scale VR was the like the holy grail. And grail. so just explain what room scale VR is to me, the layperson. Yeah, so 360 video means you're, you put a headset on like a Gear VR, Oculus Go or Pico, like a standalone headset, and you can only move your head around. Okay. You can look within the, the area that you're in, but you can only look up, down, left, right, and that's it. Yeah. But room scale VR is you put a headset on and you can walk around and pick things up. Okay. So it just means and these that things the, correspond to the graphics or the visuals that you're seeing, right? Yeah. The first one, the 360 video, you don't have any external sensors looking at you. You just put a headset on, you can move your head around. Yeah. But the other room scale VR have sensors in the corner of the room tracking you around a space so that they know where you are within that virtual space. Okay. Feels a lot more real. Um, and we enhance it by making sure it's photorealistic by using photogrammetry. So the scenes we make for the UK fire service, and we've done one for the home office, a police scene and a fire scene, they're all done with using photogrammetry, which is the ability to take hundreds or thousands of photos yeah. and create a rendered model that looks like, the best way to describe it is being inside a video. Okay. Like you can interact with things inside a video. So photogrammetry gives us realistic textures and yep. geometry. So would that would you say that that's the the step towards being in a interactive film or scene? Yeah, when you mentioned to me that we would chat we would have a little chat about this, I have got ideas and things that I think about quite a bit in this whole world. And I see it like stages. Like, we're at a stage where people are tinkering with the technology and they're using 360 video quite a lot more. We're seeing it more and more by clients. We can go out and film 360 video relatively easily, but the post-production on it is relatively high. Yeah. Whereas uh, normal 2D video might be the other way around. So what's happening at the moment is brands and um, storytellers are using 360 video because it's quite easy to put a camera in a space and film that space yeah. everyone can just act like they normally do you're just being filmed by a camera that's filming everything in that space Yeah. 
Um, and a lot of people are taking that up at the moment. So uh, Netflix are doing some 360 video stuff. YouTube's got a massive outlet of 360 video. The quality's crap on some of the stuff, uh -huh. but some of it's really good. And that's easy to film. And people like films are now and games are having 360 video experiences bolted on as well as having yeah. a trailer. So you might have a trailer, 2D trailer for your 2D film and a 360 yeah. experience. Maybe it's only two, three, four minutes long because people don't spend too yeah. long in VR at the moment. But what will happen eventually is when people get bored of these experiences that they can't move in because yeah. you can only move your head around, people will start creating and you've seen a few for the Netflix shows already, mm -hmm. VR experiences based on films. Yeah. So there's been a couple, I can't even remember the names of them, but some Netflix shows have been given or had budgets to make yeah. 360, uh, 3D interactive yeah. room scale pieces for like CES or shows, big shows. Yeah, so say for example, if you had taken your example of a, a crime scene or a... Um, working with the fire of the police if you had like a Sherlock Holmes uh, movie or, or thing so you could actually walk around that crime scene and yeah. you know something for like CSI you could have it interact with the show but not necessarily watch the show in, yes. in VR and I think, I think I think that's that's the sort of thing I wanted to move move towards just briefly was should should VR attempt to thwart cinema or should it be its own thing? Yeah, I would always say like a complementary thing. Mm. I think cinema 2D will stay as it is now mm -hmm. and it will continue to be... Like, I don't see cinema now as being massive with the kids and people coming up. They would People go to cinema, but not it's not like the main event. Mm -hmm. What is the main event? <laughs> <laughs> I want the main event to be the 15 minutes after the film that you have a go in a VR experience. Yeah. So imagine Avatar, just an example, when the next Avatar comes out or any sort of film like that, in the cinema world, it should be you go in and watch the film and afterwards you pay maybe a little bit or it's free, I yeah. don't know. But it's in the cinema, you go in and have a 15-minute experience where you yeah. walk around Pandora, pick up some things, play with some, I don't know, anything that you want to do in Avatar world, yeah. in a little game engine, you just play with it. But... I think that the TV series and the films in the home is where the interactive uh, element's going to come in quicker. Yeah. Because when Santa Cruz comes out, maybe back end of this year, that's going to be a, a Facebook-made, a Facebook and Oculus-made headset called Santa Cruz. Okay. One headset, two controllers, no trackers in your room. It just tracks inside out from, from wherever you are. Okay. So you can just plop a headset on, might be... The price point comes down. I don't know the price point yet. They haven't released it. But I see a day when you're watching Game of Thrones episode two, yeah. for example, or the end of series one where he gets mm -hmm. his head removed. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them yet. So oh, great. Thanks for that, Alex. <laughs> um, so you get to the end of an episode on Game of Thrones and then you pick up your headset on the sofa and you might download okay. the experience on your telly, yeah. stream it to the headset, yeah. and then you can be on the wall with Jon Snow photorealistic, yeah, okay. looking at him, talking to him. You could even be with your girlfriend in mm -hmm. there looking at him, talking to him. That's where I think interactive experience will hit the home when the mass market gets um, yeah. adopts these headsets. So you don't see people sat on the same sofa or wearing headsets watching a, a film on a on a 100-foot screen? I've done that. I know you have. Yeah. And what I, <clears throat> I actually mentioned it in our last podcast when we were, we were introducing that we were going to talk to you is that you watch films on a plane on a VR headset in your own comfort and in your own space and what I find interesting about that is that I'm sometimes quite a nervous flyer I don't like the sounds I don't like the sights I don't like to see anything or yeah. hear anything so for me I, I wonder if there's actually like a, a psychological application there where I can just I can just take out the, the flight a thousand percent you might have to take the head to off just have a little bit of a drink or eat some yeah. food yeah every flight i've done over the last year has probably been four or five yeah i've taken a headset and got rid of 70 percent of the flight yeah. every flight by wearing a vr headset everyone's looked at me weirdly and everyone will be doing it soon yeah there's no like bit of me that thinks that won't happen i've yeah. sat there in a cinema i'm in an empty cinema there's no one else in the thing mm -hmm. i've got a headset what sort of cinema is this, Alex? Uh, <laughs> it's a fully lit, like proper yeah. red seat. I look to my left, yeah. look to my right, I've got empty seats. There's no one else in this massive right. cinema. Okay. I've got a proper cinema screen in front of me. Yeah. 
and I've watched series of Game of Thrones, um, multiple Netflix shows on these right. headsets. Hours disappear while you're in it. Yeah. And I just leave my tray open so people can just deliver food. <laughs> Seriously. And if they, if they, uh, if the people um, coming down are quite interested in what I'm looking at, then yeah. I show them and they have okay. a look and they go, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" So. Yeah, multiple pictures of that. But when you say about a psychological uh, thing, it totally helped for being on a plane. But yeah. last um, two weeks ago, I went to America and I stayed on the 37th floor in uh, New York. Okay. Uh, Airbnb. But I knew I had to get over my fear that I had of lifts. There was no stairs. There was stairs. <laughs> but I would have died going upstairs. Yeah. So I took a headset with me. And going back to the Thompson Holidays thing, I stuck yeah. the headset on in the lift, and I was on the Barbados in a, on a beach in Barbados. Yeah. Okay. So the headset on. I said to Ben, "Just take care of the lift." And I was just looking around Barbados. I went up thirty-seven floors. Yeah. Anyway, you went out like um, if I could have had a dis- disability. Yeah. Everywhere I went, I'd take my headset with me so I could get yeah. in all the lifts. Went to Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah. Went in the lift, and then after a bit, I took yeah. it off. Yeah, and I was cured. Now so now, so now you can go and lift. Yeah. But you needed that initial dulling of the senses in order to. In yeah, order for I you needed to do it, confidence. Yeah. My thing was the doors aren't going to open. Yeah, I'm going to be stuck, and the doors aren't going to open because yeah. I was stuck in one when I was a child. Yeah, um, but the confidence of doing it ten times with the headset on yeah. gave me the ability to not yeah. have it on. Yeah, and I went in the lift yesterday. It was great. So I'm now a lift goer. <laughs> and 38. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I think I think you've kind of answered this in a way because I don't believe that you think that cinema is going to change in the way that we're going to be experiencing films as virtual reality pieces. You know, it's not going to take over, but it's going to be it's going to be different. But I think the the problem that I've had with a lot of these three sixty videos at the moment is the director problem, mm-hmm. and that's that. And I think Steven Spielberg actually mentioned this one, so we're on the same team. Now, right? So you better you better get on our side. Um, is that and he and he's somebody that I would imagine is is very keen on virtual reality. If you've you know seen Ready Player One and yep. uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Have you? I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, we'll maybe get back to that in a minute. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the director problem is where to look. Yeah. Because Steven Spielberg knows where to look better than I do. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a few 360 videos. I think I've mentioned one before, which was a preview for the Exorcist TV series. And you're in a room, and it was it, it, it was you're basically in a room, and there's noises happening. And I just kept looking in the wrong places all the time. So yeah. I feel like I really missed the experience there and didn't get the right thing because I I didn't know where to look. But if it was something that Steven Spielberg had directed you're thinking that you've got to look there's a place know. where I'm well, supposed to be know. looking he will know so I'm wondering is that a lack of you know could a, could a good director make a, a 360 experience a lot better yeah so there's a few things Google are coming out with a whole sort of YouTube uh, thing saying that 180 is the way forward yeah for 360 video mm-hmm. like forget about the other 180 so I can watch it in my chair yeah, people and on and on a plane. Yeah, people don't need always to see behind. So if they go that route, which Google and YouTube are doing, yeah, like they're just focusing on one eighty videos because mm-hmm. you can just go like that and it's three D and you feel like you're there. It's quite yeah. cool. So it might not be that you have to do three sixty, but for the people that do want to do three sixty, spatial audio is the best way yeah. to like choreograph the user's attention. That's what you need to do. It's more yeah. like theatre. Yeah, it's more like a choreography of the user's atten- of the user's attention rather than look over here yeah look over here you've got to try and do it with sound yeah and there's a thing that um you can't really do more than two things going on in one scene yeah you know some people have tried to have four different bits of action going on yeah and that's okay but it's too confusing for the brain yeah to to take it all in okay so 180 i think might might win so 183 d that's cool um so the thing that we've been talking about most this month is immersive cinema um, and Ian actually went to see Rampage, the new uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson film, uh, in 4DX. So have you have you been to a 4DX screening? Are you well, interested? first of all, I don't even know what Dwayne is or who he is. The Rock. The, oh, The Rock. Okay, yeah, I've heard of The Rock. You know who The Rock is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his real name. Okay, so he went to a what? A 360 experience? 4D, it's 4DX. So it's like going to watch a normal 3D film in the cinema. Yeah. But you're in a hydraulic D box style chair. Okay, that shake you around a bit. Shake you around a bit, lift you up a bit, blow 
uh, wind in your in face, it, yeah. water, steam, bit of smells, so you can smell actually what the rock is cooking. Oh, um, those things annoy me because right. I bet the budget was loads and we could have done it better in VR. But what but was then, we, then we get then we get back to the scenario that you then need to make the film bespoke for VR. So was it a full length film? It's a full length. Okay, film. different yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so full. So this is film. like, for example, like when when a helicopter takes off, the seat will rise up a little bit, or if a monster jumps in a river yeah. and it <clears throat> splashes, then you'll get a bit of water on your face. If you if you you must have been to like Universal Studios yeah, in yeah, America, yeah, yeah. and you you've maybe been on some of those like four DX rides there where they, you know, the seat moves or driving. Yeah, it's similar. It's similar to that. I totally get it. Uh, yeah. I think it's a complete like a bit gimmicky. But what was yeah. Ian's? What was Ian's? Uh, verdict of the thing you'll have to listen to the podcast okay mate. I will yeah <laughs> um, I think that it, it did he say it enhanced the experience some of it did some of it didn't um, how many movable seats were in the room I'm like not sure hydraulic seats I'm not too sure but he said they were silent but I think you know things like water may have enhanced it a bit but blowing in your in your ear just sounded like like a jet <laughs> So it didn't. It didn't. You know, you could you could uh, hear the strings almost. You yeah. know, you, we used to have a thing tell. at Codemasters that was like a a set of fans and water sprayers that would like spray the fact as you're going along. Yeah. So it's a natural evolution of that. Well, it sounds like we're going back in time because <laughs> that was crap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I agree. And I said to Ian that my favourite type of immersive cinema is literally just um, IMAX, just a big screen, yeah, I like crystal IMAX. clear audio. Yeah. Uh, you know. Surround sound or Dolby Atmos with a huge screen. I hate I don't 3D need any more than that. I never do 3D. No, I think it makes the image all dull, duller in my eyes. Yeah, and I'd go like that, take the glasses on and yeah. off, and I'm like, well, I want it bright. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. I've got to wear these though. Yeah, so okay. I don't do 3D. Cool. At the cinema. Uh, what was the last film that you saw? And this could have been at home or on the plane or anywhere. Okay, on the plane. Yeah, I remember. Limitless. Limitless. Yeah, what's that, that on the plane? I uh, don't know the guy's name, but he he takes a tablet oh, and it makes his him... brain potential. Yeah. Okay. It was awesome. Did you like that one? Yeah. Okay. It was great. That was on the plane. Limitless. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Okay. Went to cinema recently, but I can't remember what I watched. Ready Player One. Oh yes, that was yeah. And did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was good. I'd read the book, so I was complete. I've watched it twice now. Okay. But the first time I watched it, I was comparing it to the book in my head the whole way through. Right. Second time, I sort of switched off from the comparing and sat and watched it as a film, and it was good. I think kids will like it. Yeah. Um, okay. They could have done three films based on the book. Yeah. And I'd have liked that more. Okay. Super disappointed oh, okay. with the VR experiences that have came out of Ready right. Player One. Okay. Why? Because they're all crap. <laughs> They've all gone to try and be gamey, gamey things, and I want to give someone the experience of being inside the film. Right, I get you. Like inside the bar the race or when they're yeah, yeah, one of the races, or go and see, you know, one of the things they were doing in the film. I don't want to play. This is for me, and I don't want to go and play the shooting games that are referenced right. in the film. I don't really remember the game. A lot of people do. It's all about yeah. the retro references yeah, yeah, for them. Yeah. For me, I want to be in the bar with Billy Idol playing yeah, and floating around yeah, yeah I want okay. to make that there's a thing on the wall like we sketched it up we could make a better floaty experience than what's been done anyway and what's your favourite film ever <laughs> uh, of all time <laughs> I remember having the VHS and watching it a lot of Armageddon oh wow well, okay <laughs> Yeah, did you always cry at the bit where Liv Tyler's hands on the screen? Yeah, everyone laughs. Yeah, yeah, I I was probably a lot younger, but did like it a lot, yeah. Okay, um, popcorn in the cinema, for you, yes or no? Occasionally, but it can't be the dry, salty shit. It has to be toffee, Toffee. sugary, in a bag. Yeah, okay. Yeah, don't really mind about noise, not that bothered. (laughs) I hate noise in the cinema. I know, and a lot of people here do as well, but... I went to see a film the other week called A Quiet Place and it was <laughs> it wasn't. really, really quiet in the cinema. Everyone was really well behaved apart from the cinema staff who were hoovering in the next cinema and you could hear it through the walls because <laughs> there's moments of pure silence in that film. Like normally films don't go pure silent. There's yeah. always a little bit of ambience but in that film there is pure silence and you could hear them hoovering up from Black Panther next door. <laughs> Did you tell them afterwards? No, I just left. <laughs> but um, okay, so we we score our lives out of ten, um, a life score. So what would you Who's say? Who's scoring who then? Uh, Me, you're myself. scoring yourself. Yes. Yeah. So what would okay. you say out of ten your life is right now? 
What you mean? As how I'm feeling? Yeah. Well, how it's going? How oh, is okay. Going? Yeah. Always, I always say ten. <laughs> okay. You can't get any better. No. No. Every every single day is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like yesterday. I believe that with yeah. you. I believe that with you. <laughs> yesterday, I was at um, Innovate UK in Birmingham. Uh, coming up with ideas for how to use VR training to decommission nuclear reactors. And, you know, the day before that, I was uh, pitching to Virgin Trains in London about VR training for them. About trying to make sure Jeremy Corbyn don't take all the seats again. <laughs> well, I was in London, and it just blows my mind the way people do stuff. Yeah. There's 200 people looking up at these signs. Right. You know, okay. in, like, King's Cross Station? Yeah. They're all looking at the signs like this. Just gazing at them. I took pictures and put it on my Instagram. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? And someone replied, they're waiting for the trains to come in. As soon as the trains come in, they all leg it through the yeah, barriers yeah, to try and yeah. get the seats. All they want to know is the platform number. Yeah. They're waiting for the platform number. Surely that can be on their phone somewhere. Yeah. But not just that. There should be... If there's a rush for seats, then allocate seats to people. Like, you can buy seated or standing. And seated's going to cost you more and standing's less. But at least you know you haven't got to run because you know you're standing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just okay. seems there's archaic things in London, just everywhere, that wind me up, and I want to make them better. Good guy, Alex. Just... He's going to sort it all out. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah. It's never, ever going to sort it all out, but it no. interests me, and it's yeah, fun yeah, yeah. to try and sort it out. Iron, out. iron out these little creases. Yes, problems everywhere. So, one final question. If you were to make once... I know you've already said about um, Ready Player One. But you're going to have to think of something else now. I'm putting you on the spot here. If you were to have one scene that you could witness in VR, what would it be? Um, for example... I've got it already, but yeah. For example, there was um, one of the chestburster scene in Alien, where they're, you know, where they're all around the table. It's almost like a perfect setting for, for that scene. So he's got it already. Alex, what is it? Well... <laughs> so you didn't say that it has to be based on a film, but it sort of is based okay. on a film. Okay. There was a film about it. <laughs> okay. I want a VR experience of the grassy knoll when Kennedy gets shot. There is a film about it. It's called JFK. And I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, from what perspective, though? Um, what perspective? No, I'd like the, the scene just to play out, and I can walk around the grassy knoll however I want as it happens. Okay. I like it. You can see Kevin Costner and everyone. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks, Alex. That's been yeah, it's been really interesting, and uh, I hope you've I hope you've enjoyed it. Have you got anything else you want to say? No, I love chatting about all of the tech stuff. So whenever we're up for doing another one, let's go. Wow, Ollie, your uh, interview technique really has improved. Okay, thank you. Thanks for saying that. Great work. Cool. Yeah. Fantastic. What do you want to say about that interview? I just thought it was really interesting. Thanks to Alex for, you know, for doing the interview. And I think, you know, a lot of the thoughts that he had were genuinely good insights into into what might happen. And, you know, I suggest you check out some of the stuff that he's doing. And I hope you enjoyed it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Of these film interpretations of immersed cinema gone wild. Okay. As in, you know, like the world where... You're immersed in the scene and you're living things out, you know, in your eye mind. Yeah. Which which one of them is the most likely to take place in real life? Okay. Is it A, The Matrix, mm -hmm. B, Ready Player One, Okay. or C, Lawnmower Man? Just remind me what happens in Lawnmower Man. So um, a guy goes, uh, like he turns megalomaniac when he uh, learns so much from a computer system when he's inside a VR mm. experience. No. It's going to have to be Ready Player One. Oh, I'm sorry, that's wrong. It's The Matrix. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. Well, no, why, why do you reckon Ready Player One? Do you think that's, that's pretty feasible? Uh, well, I, th I guess the thing with The Matrix is that we have to be in some kind of like computer thing. Uh, there has to be an apocalypse of AI and they have to be using us for batteries. So, I mean, that doesn't seem that feasible, really, unless it is happening, of which we won't know until it happens. Again, with Lawnmower Man, you, you know, our brains aren't going to be able to, you know, learn that much from a computer program. I don't know if you ever played those brain training games on the DS, but, I mean, I, I don't feel any, any wiser from having played them, so I don't think that's going to happen either. Uh, so I think you, you think there's a limit to what we can learn from computers. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think I don't think that's certainly a limit to what you can learn from computers. So yeah, I think Ready Player One is is probably the most realistic of the lot. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. 
another quick question then. Okay. What's your favourite brand of tissues? Uh, don't know, like the ones with like balm in them, whatever that uh, is. <laughs> Do you not buy your balm separately? No, just you know, if you've got hay fever and you need to blow your nose a lot, you don't you don't want to be blowing your nose into just any old tissue. You want to have a little bit of, you know, especially the ones you find lying around. <laughs> God's sake. All right. Well, that was quite a conclusive answer then. Okay. Uh, and by that, I mean edit this out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. That's it then. Well, that's been a lovely podcast. It's not really been a notes on, has it? It's been a notes on, you know, the subject of immersive cinema very broadly. It's been a bit of a hybrid episode, but you know. So it's the platform. Yeah, exactly. Do whatever the hell we want. What's coming up on next week's show, Ollie? Notes on what? I don't know. We haven't decided yet. We haven't decided what the film's going to be yet. I think. I mean, what do you think? I've had a look for Jaws 3 on Netflix and it's not there, so it can't be that. Yeah, unless we pay for it. It's on Mm. Amazon, but you have to pay for it. Are you willing to pay for it? Not sure it's the best 3D experience, so maybe we should put it out to a vote. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Interactive. Let let people immerse themselves in our experience. Yeah, let's let, let, let them do the work for us. Great. If you'd like to listen to the first in this month's episodes about immersive movies, which I actually think was a pretty good one, I pitched what I think is probably going to be the top performing uh, immersive film experience of all time. Sex Shed in Space. Um, So if you want to go back to listen to that episode, go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film and then you'll find links to all of our podcasts, including uh, last month's stuff, which was on um, sequels. Yeah, and you know a whole back catalogue of eighty plus episodes of stuff. Uh, all the links are there. You can get it on iTunes or SoundCloud, and most different Android platforms, right? Okay. I think uh, so. People can go do that there. They can also send us a message if they want through Facebook. So go like the page, and then you can send us a voice message about the subjects that we talk about on there, or you can just send us a note and we'll read it out potentially in your voice potentially in a voice we make up for you yeah uh, and if you would prefer to use email we're at guys on film podcast at gmail.com that's correct what's your fi- what's your favorite email address Ollie? that one me too yeah i like that one even better than my own one. it's good it's got a certain summit to it um on you know it feels a little bit too long <laughs> you know what i'm gonna go and do but- now yeah. I'm going to go and watch uh, a little bit more of the uh, Cobra Kai Karate Kid sequel series oh. on YouTube. It's well it. good so far. Is it? Yeah, I'm I'm quite up for it. So, Ian, I'm going to bid you farewell, and uh, I'm going to go and watch a bit of that. Great. Bye. Wow. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>